The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. Hello and welcome to the Port Adelaide preview podcast for around the 14 against Collingwood. It's a Saturday afternoon match at the MCG, the first one this year, so that'll be, that'll be quite nice. Um, I'm, I'm Portia, uh, I, I'm hosting on Thursday, and the other person that hosts quite often is Macca, who does the Mondays, and he's with me now. Hello, Macca, how are you? Hello, I'm good. Yourself? I am pretty good. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Yeah, yeah. That's the way? Yeah. Well, I get to see my first, uh, this will be the first uh, under-18s match I get to go and see this weekend. Uh, it's a double-header. Fantastic for us sport fans. So, um, the fact that it's a double-header and we know the coaches are in town, we definitely know that Ken Hinckley is going to be smiling in a coach's box at Punt Road Oval on Saturday morning, and that's who we'll draft. So <laughs> that's it. That's it. So, so just go on the Punt Road and watch watch for wherever Ken Hinckley is, and when he smiles, that's who we're drafting. That's really that easy. So, hmm. uh, are you anyway. sure it's a double header? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's at uh, Punt Road. What time? Nine a.m. Okay, I've got here. It's yeah. at twelve. Oh no, that might be a mistake. Long. Maybe. Because well, that, would, that would run into the uh, AFL game. Yeah. Well, I mean, it if it does, then it's not hard to abandon. I'm pretty sure it's nine. I looked it up just you know, an hour ago. Mm. Uh, don't, don't panic me, Racker. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll get to see the first half, at least. Yeah, true. Anyway, all right. Look, I guess... Um, well, I've got to yeah. say, before we move on from that, that is likely to be a, an absolute cracker game. Um, I think the streaming it on the AFL website, you've got to watch that. Because that... I think there's probably going to be about 25 of the top 30 picks are going to come from these two teams. So there's a lot of really, really good talent out there um, to look out for uh, this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I've got to say, I'm going into this one very deliberately. I'm going into this one without having really made myself too familiar with who the most likelies are right now. Yep. Because what, I want to do what I did last year, which is where you just go to the match and you see, okay, I think that guy's going to fit in well. And that's how you see guys like, you know, Atley. And where you might have gone, oh, he's not rated very highly and maybe made your own preconception about it beforehand. Yeah, um, I'm pretty stoked about that. He was great in the, the games I saw last year. Yeah, so. for sure. Mm. I will put out yeah. one thing, which is for next year's draft. The King Brothers. Oh, okay. The King Brothers who play for Vic Metro. They're both about 270 yeah. metres tall. Um, oh. One place and a half back, one place and a half forward. And uh, they could well be number one and two in the draft next year. The two, uh, The two twins. That's entirely imaginable. Yes. Mm. Imagine that mm. happening. That'd be that, that would be crazy if they went a long way from Lonnie and Lonnie. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Very true. Oh dear. All right. Well, look. Uh, I guess we'll move into the the, the um, preview proper. Just talking very briefly about where Collingwood's been at for the last uh, few weeks. Um, they've had a bit of a weird season, um, but anyway, we'll start with the round eleven match where they defeated Fremantle at Subiaco. Uh, it was a 20-point win. Collingwood kicking 15-15-105 to Fremantle 12-13-85. Um, really, it was just a... Collingwood have been winning... When they've been winning, I feel like they've been winning much the same way every time, which is that they've got three really good midfielders and it just all comes out yeah. from them. Yeah. Um, and then they've got a couple of, you know, good marking medium forwards. Um, and that's really how they won this match. I mean, it's really textbook. If you're if you're an opposition coach looking at how Collingwood does what they do, like that's probably the one you want to watch. And I, maybe that's what Melbourne did because uh, then the following week, round 12, um, Melbourne beat Collingwood at the MCG. Four-point win. So uh, Good game, that one. Yeah, yeah. So it was just a really good match. And it's just incredible to see – not incredible, 
it is highly credible given the number of early draft picks they've had, but they've got a really good uh, team of young midfielders in what, Oliver Tyson, Viney Petraka. They just like, Petraka is so dangerous; it's incredible. Um, it's really it's a really exciting time for these fans, really. Um, which I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know. Okay, so help is me. this the Grand Old Flag podcast, or is this uh, <laughs> honestly? Oh, I don't know. Um, I look here for if results go the wrong way this weekend. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna have trouble. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Brilliant. I know it's fine. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, but um, no, look, Collingwood just lost that one. I think that probably the reason why is that um, Melbourne are probably one of the teams that can match them in midfield. Yeah, um, they're just not having a good year, Collingwood. Like we knew that oh. would happen when you looked at their um, fixture at the start of the year. You thought, God, they're they're going to be in a bit of trouble this year because their first eight or nine games on paper, you thought yeah. oh, they may only win one or two of them, and that's pretty much what they did. Uh, then they went on a bit of a winning streak, which was nice, and uh, but then they've sort of died in the ass again uh, the last sort of week or so. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens this week with Collingwood, just because, uh, just how much of a blow that loss to Melbourne was, because they did win three before that, three in a row. So, yeah, and and also was a really, I mean, it was only a four point loss, um, so that's good form coming into the game. It's a good, you know, it's a good form curve. But yeah, but, but it's probably the are... first time they've lost the Queen's birthday match in about twenty five years as well. So. Oh, yeah, but Melbourne won the first game at Eddie Head Stadium for ten years or something like that recently, didn't they? So um, yeah. that's not really that's not really. I think that's more a Melbourne thing than a Collingwood thing. Um, but uh, the other interesting thing is that if any team could be said to be matching us for being a bit of a flat tracker, um, Collingwood's wins have come against Sydney, Hawthorne, Brisbane, and Frio, uh, which is the same as us. But they did beat Geelong, but it was at the MCG. So yeah, and look, Geelong are one yeah. of those sort of. Are they hot or are they not? Sort of teams as well at the moment. Like they've uh, mm. they've really struggled the last uh, probably five or six weeks, and it would have would have been nice if we had have got that win, but uh, never mind. Yeah, and um, I suppose really they're another one of these teams that's mostly about the midfield. Um, so the big three you've got um, yeah Adams, Triller, and Pendlebury. Like they're the main ones. Um, and the important thing about them is that they are all their highest contested ball winners. They're all the highest tacklers. They're all their highest clearance winners. Um, like they are the engine room. And from those three alone, you'd think that, oh, Collingwood's a contested side. Yet, interestingly, they're not. Um, they're actually middle of the league for contested ball overall, but they have the second highest uncontested position rate. So what that means is those three guys are doing a lot of grunt work, with, especially with Grundy timing it down to them. Um, they're getting it out wide, and then Collingwood are just doing what they can do from there. But I think that's where they fall apart, because I, I don't feel like they've got the outside class they need to really make that side work. They've got great midfield. Like, that first-string midfield outfit, oh, Grundy, really good. Pendlebury, Trelaw, Adams... It, and you can even probably throw in Sidebottom and uh, Crisp and yeah. Joey there as well. Yeah. I mean, that's that's up there. Like, that's a good top six mid first-string midfield group. And they just fall away from there. As you said, like their, their sort of second-stringers uh, struggle a little bit. Um, mm. They lack that sort of consistency, which should be pushing Collingwood further up the ladder than what they are. Um, and their defence and their forward line is a bit of a mess um, as well. But... That midfield should be winning them games just about on its own, really. Yeah, and look, I mean, it's obviously a problem that Collingwood are very aware of, and that's why they made that big bid for Daniel Wells, you know. Uh, you know, even in the short time he's played, he's done all right. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's a weakness for them. It's a weakness, definitely. And yeah. unfortunately, unfortunately, 
This week it's our weakness too. Hey. <laughs> um, well, I'm not sure a... about that. I'll, well, I'll debate you on that one. But... Okay. Well, I mean, Polly can aim on out. Like, we're weaker in that, that area than we've been in any other game this year. That's, that that, let me put it that way. We're weaker in that area than we've been in any other game. So um, it might not be our, our absolute falling down weakness, but it is certainly not as strong as it has been in other games this year. So yeah. that's, that's where that well, is. Look, that's obviously our two best outside players, but I tell you what, I'm really excited to see what Impey can do this week on a win. He was best on ground last yeah. time we played Collingwood. In fact, that was his best game of AFL football by a mile. True. Playing on a wing, and uh, I assume Jasper's going to play on a wing this week as well, um, now that he's in. And uh, usually Spoilers. when he plays, he doesn't play wing all that often, but when he does, he's usually in the top two or three on the ground. Yeah, but he's just it comes back to what we've been talking about, which is that he's just not had that same creative spark as he's had in previous seasons, and I think that's going to be a big difference in terms of well, how well Pitai plays the wing if he does. It, he but he's always chance against no, but a, a, thing. a pretty poor outside midfield outfit. Like This is his chance to get some outside ball and do some damage, and usually he does do some damage. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what Impey and uh, Pitai can do. But for me, for Pittard, like the, the issue hasn't been that he's been trying things and it hasn't been working. It's that he hasn't been trying things. That's a different thing. Like, just having a terrible opposition doesn't mean that you're going to change what you're already doing, yeah? Um, whilst that is true, we've also got, like, nine back flankers. So maybe he's being oh. asked to do a different sort of role this year compared to what uh, he's been asked to do in previous years. Mm, maybe. Um, Interstater on the Spreaker chat has chipped in and reckons Houston for the wing, which, I mean, I guess, yeah, maybe. Houston? I don't know know about that one. I'm not sure about that. I reckon he's too good in the defensive 50 as a shutdown. I reckon if we're going to throw anyone on a wing, it's either going to be Pittard or Broadbent, I reckon, um, to use their sort of pace and their long kicking. Um, Houston might do all right there, but I reckon he's more valuable down back. I think that with Collingwood... This is, this is something I suppose we'll discuss later, but I think that with Collingwood having more medium-sized forwards than tall forwards, I think that he's more valuable in defence this game, um, in that I think he'll have a more direct matchup and it will be against a more influential player in the Collingwood side than it might be in another week. Um, yep. So I think for that reason, I don't think we can afford to have him outside of defence. Um, that same reason does make me think, oh, this might be a shitty one for Hartlett, unless he finds somewhere else to play on the field, because I don't think there'll be a huge amount of loose ball in the forward line for him to scoop up uncontested. Might be. I don't know. The defence is going to be really interesting. I'm looking forward to talking about that a bit later. But yeah, I think yeah. Um, back to selections. Pittard for Pollock. Um, yeah. Are, are you happy with that? Or do you think it should have been someone else? Should there have been more changes this week? Look, I look. At, the interesting thing for me is you look at the emergencies, and that's Matthew White, Dougal Howard, and Brendan Archie. Um, and I just thought I would rather have them as the ins and then find two more outs than make the change we made. And that's. Because it would include in that way, Matthew White, yeah, okay, there actually is a legitimate reason to name him in the side right now. You know, we're missing Amon yeah. and Pollock. Um, he's, a, you know, the fact that he's maybe a bit height deficient, well, it doesn't matter because Amon is too, um, and we just need someone in that outside role. So that would make sense to me. Yeah. Google Howard coming in is a no-brainer. And Brendan Archer, he's better than, you know, Jake Need. I'd have him out, no problem at all. Mm. And I'd maybe, maybe. have Homps out and put, put Trengo back for Dougal Howard going forward. Because we don't need the we don't need three tall defenders this week. No, we don't. No, absolutely, we don't. That's mm. for sure. That is right. I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, look, Matty White's obviously um, on the emergency list, and that's obviously horses for courses because 
He only got yeah. six touches last week. <laughs> so the, he had a shocker last week in the SNFL, but um, you can understand why they've put him in because he is the probably <clears throat> the next natural player to come in for that sort of wing spot. Uh, the other two, yeah, are neither here nor there. Like Dougal, as we mentioned, he had a bit of a rotten day on last Sunday as well. So, um, yeah, not sure where I'm going with that, but that's probably yeah, I don't probably know because it. it just sounds... I it just sounds like thing, you mentioned Jake Need coming out. Um, yeah. Again, he had his best game, just about of all time, uh, against Collingwood last year. So he kicked four goals, had fifteen touches. Um, he was absolutely red hot. So hopefully he can uh, mirror that performance this week as well. Um, <coughs> because looking at their defensive group, uh, I think there's a hole there that uh, someone like Jake Need can exploit. Maybe. Oh, excuse me. Keep talking. <laughs> Because I don't think they've got a true shutdown uh, defender that can stop someone like Need. Like they've got a lot of um, decentish tolls. Like Howe's obviously had a really, really good year. He's in in line for All Australian selection. Ben Reid's a, a really good player as well. Lyndon Dunn is neither here nor there. But outside of that, like I don't really rate their shutdown smalls all that much. Um, no. Like Goldsack's had a really good year, but he's not really the type of player to shut down someone like Need. Um, Maynard might get the job, um, but then again, it might be someone like one of the younger guys, like Ben Crocker, as well. So, look, I mean, I kind of feel like with Need, you're not naming him there to kick goals; you're naming him there to annoy the um, rebounding defender. And I think that is an area where I suppose I do see a point. Um, uh, Howe's had a good year, but like as a team, they rebound; they're really pretty single-minded going through him and Smith. Yeah, um, and Smith's not so, even playing, so <laughs> is he? I don't think they go. got dropped. Oh, there you are. So they're pretty much he's the main guy coming out of yeah. defence. And I think that if you put need on Howe, because Howe, you know, he's got a great overhead mark. And he'll take, I suppose he'll take, um, if we do really shitty kicks forward, he'll take all of those. But, you know, if it's just loose ball, yeah, need could probably hassle, hassle him out of it, I'd say, possibly. He's not, he's, he's good above the head, but below, I'm not so convinced. Um, yeah. Look, we were never, we were ne- I know that Bigfoot is melting at the moment, as, <clears> as usual, <throat> but uh, okay. we were never going to make wholesale changes after an eight-goal win. And some would say, well, we should have made wholesale changes the week before that, knowing that we would likely have an eight-goal-plus victory and that uh, no changes would be made this week. And that's probably fair enough as well. But I don't know. I'm happy to back in these guys that got the win last week, and I'm happy to see someone like Jakey Need uh, hopefully play a better game this week than what he did last week and and put some faith that he's going to turn it around. For me, the reason to make changes this week isn't even... You know, oh, these guys are shit. It's just re- realistically, like, the change I would make that I think is probably the more uh, urgent of all of those is the fact that we've got too many tall defenders in the side. Yeah, we do. Um, for Collingwood. Yeah, and that, that there is absolutely a case, no matter whether you win or lose, if you've got too many tall defenders in your side, particularly with the treacherous Melbourne weather, um, yeah, because it's not Eddie Had, it's at the MCG. Um, I don't know. I reckon that could be uh, an area where we might find ourselves a bit too... Not nimble enough, a bit not uh, contesting enough and all that sort of thing. I know you've been sort of uh, half keen to drop Jack Humps for a couple of weeks, and maybe this is the week where he might miss out as a late change. I mean, I probably wouldn't bat an eyelid if he came out for Matty White this particular week. Yeah, because yeah. They've only got yeah. one tall forward. They've, they've literally got one tall forward, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they don't even have Jesse White in the side at the moment to sort of act like a no. second tall forward. So... They've got Darcy Moore, and then they've got a whole bunch of smalls. Um, so do we really need Cleary plus Homsch plus Jonas uh, this week? Probably not. 
Um, Jonas is handy because he can play on someone like Fasolo or, or someone like... Um, yeah, he'll get Fasolo. You know, Dugowie or someone like that. Um, but Jack Holmes looks like the sort of odd man out at the moment this particular week. He, he so is. Yeah. If, we, if we choose to bring in someone like White or choose to bring in someone like Archie and try and um, fortify the sort of inside mid uh, position a little bit more uh, with the midfielders that we're going to be facing this week, I'm all mm. for that. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, I think that that's I think that's probably the strongest case for more changes than we made um, is that one. So and I, I know a lot of people were uh, are melting, particularly because uh, Brett Eddy didn't get named after his six goal performance. But again, like if we bring in Brett Eddy, um, that would give us Dixon plus Eddy plus Trengove plus Westhoff, and we're not going to play a four man forward <clears throat> line. So what are you doing? Westhoff's not a forward. Westhoff's not a forward. No, but he's still half sort of playing that way. But he's not um, though. He's mostly playing defence. Yeah, I reckon. Well, okay. When he gets the ball, he's mostly playing defence. <laughs> when he gets the ball, well, that might be something a bit different. I don't know. Well, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's, I don't that's know. the measure in it, you know. I'm not sure. I think he's still playing that sort of high half forward role. Yeah. But we're not going to play. The point is, like, if we bring in yeah, Eddie, yeah, we're yeah. going to have to move Trengove back, and then suddenly we've got a four man defence as well. So, which is completely unnecessary for this week. So. Brett Eddy was unfortunately never, ever going to get in this week with the way well, the Collingwood a... line up. No, no, I don't think so. Um, here's a weird one. Craig Jones has just said on Spreaker Chat, breaking news, Matty Broadbent rolled his ankle today at the closed training session and he's in doubt for Saturday. Oh, so go. so we... <laughs> that's, a new, that's a new complication. Which of those emergencies do you bring in for Broadbent? Well, I, I guess you play pit out in defence, you bring in white, don't you? Did Hartlett do this? That's the question. Did Hartlett roll uh, Matty Broadbent's <laughs> ankle? Because usually it's Hartlett that's the laid out. Um, maybe well, thought, no, no, Hartlett's the no, last No, sorry, out. not this time. Not this week. I want to play Collingwood this week. <laughs> I haven't been to the MCG in a while. I want to play this one. So, yeah, maybe, bad luck, Rorty. Oh, dear. But anyway, let's well, move on. Well, that, uh, yeah, well that's, that's a shame. Because, <laughs> as I said, I would have liked him to... Uh, to play a little bit further up the field this week, but if he's out, then you've got to say probably Whitey comes in. Yeah, probably. Pittard down back, White on the wing. Yeah, I mean, in some ways it's probably better, really, <laughs> like as far as the in for the out. But, yeah, anyway. Um, opposition, squad changes that uh, Collingwood made too. Yeah, but, yeah, there we go. Smith is out. Um, Tyson Goldsack and uh, Ben Reader in. Josh Smith and Matthew Schoenberg are out. Um, I don't know. I don't... Not, I don't know, Reed's a good inclusion. Oh, he's Any a thoughts? great defender. Yeah. Or at least he was a great defender. I'm not sure if he still is or not, but no. um, you know, he'll do the job on like Trengove, you would think, and, and shut him out of the game pretty easy. Uh, Josh Smith <laughs> being omitted is the uh, is the strange one because he's had a, it is a little... pretty good year. Um, he had a rotten game against Melbourne, but sort of before that, he was picking up a lot of the footy, and they do look to him quite a lot sort of off that bank, uh, that back flank. So, um, I don't know, they're, they're trying to change things up there, I guess, a little bit. Goldsack in is really good. He's had a good year, so uh, they'll be happy to have him back. Yeah, um, just a quick comment from Spreaker Chat. From Bomber Clifford, Broadbent Roll to join at training. What is this, 2011? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. That's a good one. Uh, that is a good one. Um, <laughs> that is. Anyway, uh, moving on to the matchups. Um, Rucks. This is interesting because this, look, I mean, oh, yeah. Brady Grundy versus Paddy Ryder, like, this is the first time this year you'd <laughs> say legitimately it's a full-on ruck duel that Ryder could realistically lose, not just on quantity, but also on quality as well. Um, yeah, for sure. 
And it's a big one. It'd be really interesting. If I was a selector, Grundy would be the old Australian ruck right right about now. He's had a wonderful year. Um, He's he's great around the ground. He picks up a lot of the ball. uh, Takes Mm -hmm. some really nice marks. Um, And he gets a lot of hit-outs. That's the thing that sets him apart, is that he does get a lot of hit-outs as well. And they're not Um, rubbish. No, they're not rubbish. He does find um, their players quite often. So this is going to be... Yeah, this is certainly going to be Ryder's toughest test so far this year, I think. And it's going to be really uh, an interesting battle out there. I think Ryder can do it. Um, I still think he's got maybe a little bit of a a more natural leap than what Grundy does. Uh, It's just going to be around the ground, which is going to um, maybe uh, sway the points in either direction. And this is where Ryder's really got to stand up and hopefully play a similar game to what he did last week and, and sneak forward and kick a couple of goals because um, we know that Grundy's going to be um, pretty tough around the ground. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, I don't know whether it might even be a case of... Um, oh, God, I hate saying this. It might even be a case that for a quarter or two, Ryder plays forward and we just make sure that Trent goes on Grundy so that uh, he can follow him around and just be a pain in the ass to him for half a game, wear him down. I wouldn't be against that. That would actually be yeah. a good idea, I reckon, because um, Ryder would be able to beat Ben Reid, in my opinion. Yeah, um, yeah, he should be. So that's that's not a bad it idea. It is stretch their defence. It is stretch yeah, their defence. Definitely. Yeah. Um, all right, midfield. We already talked about the big three, Trillo, Adams and Pendlebury. They're um, great players. They're, they're so really Taylor good Adams has had a, a really, I'm not sure you'd call it an underrated year, but um, he's had he's had by far his best year of AFL football so far. Yep. Um, Pendlebury, well, we all know about Scott Pendlebury. He oh. just turns up pretty much week in, week out. He had those two bad games for the first time in his career uh, earlier this year, but I doubt that'll happen again. Like He plays at Port Adelaide pretty well, especially over the last sort of six or seven games. Yeah. Trelaw's definitely the one that we've got to watch out for this week because he's got pace, he's got skill, he kicks goals, he gets forward, um, he wins clearances. He's the complete midfielder, and um, I'm not sure we've got a wonderful matchup for him, to be honest. Yeah, I'm not convinced of that either. So it'll be. I'm wondering how much it'll be a shootout, Macca, Really, I'm, I'm really wondering if I'm wondering if both midfields will set up fairly aggressively. Uh, and therefore the ruck would be a huge component, um, and then we'll just try and drive it forward. Mm. I mean, it could be. Um, oh, yeah. Look, I, I would hope that we've got the uh, we've got the players to win a shootout because uh, I, I don't particularly rate Collingwood's forward line as it stands right now. No, no, um, no. But it will, it will, the, the result will certainly depend on that, that midfield battle and whether we can stop. Trelaw and Pendlebury in particular having a big game um, and whether our guys like Ebert and Wines can really get first hands on the ball and, and get it going our way. Now, apart from side bottom and I suppose to go, is there any other midfielder that we should really give a shit about? Tom Phillips, he gets a lot of the ball. Um, okay. And he's a, yeah, look, I, I rate him quite highly. He had a really good game against Melbourne, picked up, I think, 20 touches and a couple of goals. Um, he's only young. He's only in his second year. Uh, he's just 21 years old, so he's certainly mm. one that um, I would look out for. Jack Crisp is one of those sort of bullocking rams, I guess. Um, yeah. On his day, he can be really, really good, but um, that sort of, yeah. Um, he can also play a few stinkers as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's probably it for me. It'll be interesting to see what sort of role Levi Greenwood has, who he I sort suppose. of goes to, because he's 
sort of been their tagger this year. Um, and Dun- he did a great job on Selwood a few weeks back when they beat uh, Geelong. Um, so does he go to someone like... Um, will he go to Wines or will he go to Ebert? Um, I reckon Wines will be a bit big go for him. to someone like Wingard? That could happen. Hmm. I think that I think it'd be between Ebert and Wingard. I don't think I don't think they'd match him up on Wines because I just don't think it's a good match. I don't think it's a winning matchup for him on Wines. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Anyway, and defence. Let's move on to defence. Uh, Jeremy Howe. I've already talked a little bit about him. How is he rebounder? He is a guy that can be exposed realistically um, because there's not a lot else back there that's really all that great. Um, I don't know. I feel like if we can have Charlie Dixon get his early goal and then have a bit of confidence from there, that we're in a really good chance of being the dominant forward line in the game, that's for sure. Yeah. We, we've just got to stop Jeremy Howe being the third man up and taking <clears throat> yeah. those intercept marks because he's the number one intercept player in the league, I think. Um, yeah. Done. You know, he's going to be undersized. Um, so if we get the ball in long to Charlie Dixon, if we can stop Jeremy Howe marking over the top, Dixon should have a big day out. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I guess we'll see. And if we can get right up there at the same time, like there's only so many places how can be, right? So, yeah. That's right. Um, one other thing I just wanted to mention, I actually forgot to talk about under forwards, which is that, you know, we're talking about how Collingwood's forward line isn't all that great, but they're actually third in the league for marks inside 50, hmm. um, which, I don't know, maybe, look, we've been cut up by small forwards before. Like not not and that can take a mark because then if they've got the mark, well, there's not much you can do about it from there, is there? Um, we're great at scramble defence when it comes in ugly, but when it comes into a mark, we there's we've usually that's when we get beaten, really. We do. I mean, it's hard to know what's going to happen because mm. you look at that forward line on paper and you think, how are they going to kick a winning score? Um, Darcy Moore's had a, a poor year; like he's not really come on as well as what I think Collingwood fans would have hoped. He's still very young at 21, but yeah, he, yeah. he's had a good last sort of three or four weeks. I think he's kicked minimum two goals the last four weeks. He, he really did struggle before that. Um, but then they're entirely relying on their smalls to kick goals. Um, you know, Jamie Elliott's their leading goal, goal scorer with 20. Alex Fasolo's kicked 16 goals this year. And then it's really a bunch of midfielders after that. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Will Hoskin Elliott, he can be dangerous on his day, um, and he's one that uh, we probably—he's one that worries me the most out of all those smalls because he's very, very quick and he can kick sort of magical goals, um, but he can be sort of uh, inconsistent as well. So hopefully, this is one of his inconsistent days. Yeah, I don't know. Like I just—I don't know. Like there's a lot of things about their matchups that you say, yeah, we should beat them here, but if they're on top in midfield, everything changes. Yeah. Like if we if we not on top in midfield, like they've got a lot of the things that do expose weaknesses in our defence. Hmm. Maybe, maybe they do if they had another key forward. I would agree with that. But um, with that forward line as it stands, I mean, with, with Dugowie, Callum Brown, Broomhead, maybe Crocker going up there as well. I don't know. We should be winning this game. We really should be winning this game. All right. Well, I guess we'll get on to the game in general quickly. Um, Coach, should we be worried about Nathan Buckley? No. Probably I don't know. <laughs> yeah, probably not. He hasn't really shown much against us so, um, or anyone, really. Um, does either side have the psychological advantage? I mean, I, I think Collingwood really do. I really do. Like, they had three wins on the trap before last week, and then they only lost by four points, and we're at the MCG again. Um, 
I don't know. Do you think Porter got any psychological advantage, or do we, do we go in as a as a rising underdog for a change? Uh, pop. I don't know. Like we're fourth on the ladder. We're a Collingwood. Yeah. Twelfth like or something. So yeah, we really should be beating. We've beaten them four of the last five games. Um, yeah. We've beaten them two of the last three times at the MCG. I'm pretty confident we can win this game. To be honest, um, I, I would hope that we've got the psychological advantage. Mm, well, we right. smacked them there last year, and I don't think Collingwood's team is any better um, this time around, to be honest, than what it was last year. While I think that our team is certainly better uh, than the team that we put out on the park last year. Yeah, but maybe we've got different vulnerabilities. Maybe. I don't know. I'm still going that we've got the advantage. Yeah, all right, fair enough. Um, and now we're on to questions. Ooh, yeah, question got, time. got any good questions this week? Uh, there's quite a few questions, yeah. Eddie Dingle okay. has said, um, and we, we got this a couple, and there's been quite a good chat on Bigfooty about this as well, and oh. quite a few posters have sort of said the same sort of thing. Yeah. Um, Eddie Dingle has asked, what has made me fall out of love with football? Is it Port Adelaide? Is it the AFL? Or is it just football in general? Uh, I think that Port fans are fighting the fact that we feel like in 2014 we missed the chance and that we're now in a kind of a, like, if we'd lost 2004 limbo. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what it feels like to me. I think a lot of supporters might be thinking that we've missed a, missed the boat with a premiership with this group and it's going to be another eight or yeah. nine-year turnaround before yeah. the sort of bell curve swings back in our direction again. I think mm. that's probably a little bit unfair. I, I still hold out hope for this group. Um, I reckon with, uh, as we mentioned on Monday, I think, or maybe I mentioned it on the forum, I can't remember, but the um, the draft that we had last year with Pal Pepper, Marshall, Atley, Drew, and I'm going to throw in Lean It with that as well, Line It. Um, that's, I reckon that could be the sort of draft that really catapults us into uh, premiership contention in a few years' time. If we can have another similar draft to that, um, that could really set us up long-term, I think. Honestly, I kind of feel like I'm not going to be confident in a port side, like legitimately confident in a port side until we have two key forwards under 25 that kick 20 goals in in the same season. Yeah. Which, that's not a big ask. That's not a huge ask. That no. is something that teams do quite often. Um, what was the goal range there, sorry? 20 goals. So if they if they kick a goal a game, and there's two of them, and they're under 25, I think that's a good, that's a good, that's a starting place for me. That tells me we've got structure. That tells me we've got recruitment. That tells me that, that every other role that we need to fill, we can fill through the draft, because you can. That They're all easier roles than that. Yeah. Um, that for me, like that, that that was what would give me confidence going forwards for the next five, ten years. That would make me feel yeah. Li- the forward line good. is where I've I've got my doubts, but um, that's that's where we need Marshall to really make it. I think if Marshall makes it uh, and makes it maybe a little mm-hmm. bit earlier than normal, maybe if he could kick you know twenty five goals next year uh, and maybe kick say forty goals the year after that. I would be absolutely stoked, and I think that puts us in a really, really good position, especially if we pick another key forward in the next two years as well who can develop alongside Marshall. We need- I'd be really, really happy with that because I think um, we've got a core midfield group um, which still has age on its side, 
um, and still got some development left. I think our defence is is very very young. Um, it is developing extremely well for for its youth, and um, does kind of look like a Premiership style defence at the moment. And it's got plenty of options back there. But it's that forward line which gives me the big question mark at the moment. So that that's the one where I think um, we need to improve over the next sort of three to four years. But if we can do that and get another one to two key forwards in, um, maybe another really good small forward as well, I, I, I really think that we've got that sort of core youth to, to really challenge for a premiership going forward. Yeah, look, yeah, we're just so fragile in the most important areas for me. Like the fact that we've got Dixon and no one, and then we've got Ryder and no one realistically that has any had any real testing or that has any form. Um, that's that's worrying. That that that's that's why I'm finding it hard to get excited about because I'm just waiting for the day that we get that you know nasty thing happen, like Ryder gets suspended or um, Dixon gets suspended or either of them gets injured, and then we we fall apart. Um, that's because yeah, they're such important, they're such important roles. Like you know, yeah. we've got three key defenders. Great, good. And if one of them goes down, we're well covered. Okay, great. But we've done nothing at the end of the ground. Um, and Marshall, I feel just, I'm really worried that we're just setting him up to be another John Butcher. Like everything's on him, and then we're not going to recruit anyone else because we've got John Butcher. Um, I think we will. I think we'll continue to recruit with good picks. We've already traded out our good ones this year, so yeah. I don't know how 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 how. For me, you got to batch them. The gun you've got to key batch forwards key are forwards. in next year's draft, not this one. The, all the got... key, all the big tolls that we spoke about last year for this year's yeah. draft, none of them have really developed all that much. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're all sort of sliding down the rankings a, a fair bit. Um, so yeah. 2019 is where it's going to be at for our key forwards. And yeah, if we trade out of our first round pick for that one, I'll be pretty annoyed. But um, this year, I'm, I'm not too concerned. What's made him fall out of love with four? I don't know. Like, the AFL is very sterilised at the moment. Um, no. Is it Port Adelaide? I don't know. I, I feel like people are, are, have been far too negative this year. For where, Like, we're sitting fourth on the ladder. Like, after the buys are finished, we're sitting fourth with great percentage. Um, that puts us in a, in a really strong position. Forget about the games that we've played so far this year, who we might have lost to and all that sort of stuff. Just worry about how we can get them next time. That, that's it for me. I think we've got two massive weeks these next two weeks, which could really set up our season um, exceptionally well because a lot of the other teams around us on the ladder um, are playing each other the next two weeks. So there's going to be gaps opening up. If we can beat Collingwood this week, if we can beat Richmond next week, um, that gives us a really good little gap um, where we should be in, really in the box seat for finishing third or fourth. Mm. I don't, look, I mean, I trust the gut. I trust the gut, really. That, that's what it comes down to. Like, we, we can rationalise to say that we're excellent. We can rationalise to say that we're really fragile and we're one injury away from falling apart completely, which is true. We can say that we're carrying a lot of dead weight of guys that we know let us down when it matters uh, and they're great against thrashing small side. Uh, Four sides, but then when we get to finals, where are they going to be? We know they're in the side because they've been there and other times they've been in the final series. So, what are you going? What are you going? What are you going? And so you go on your gut, and you got right now. My gut says as well, yeah, this isn't going to be the year. And it's it's not even an, I'm angry. This isn't going to be the year. It's just like it's not going to be the year because we don't have all the pieces are not all lined up. Um, but who has all the def- pieces all lined up? 
this year. Well, let's see. Let's go well, the Crows are susceptible to quality sides. There's going yeah. to be big question marks come GWS, come finals time. Geelong are either hot or not. Like they're they're by no means the real thing either. Like this this could easily be a year where we could snag one. Like if we finish top four, we could easily make a grand final this year. Except for the fact that the three teams above us we haven't beaten this year. That'll give us the perfect chance to do it in finals when it matters. <laughs> Yeah, look, I mean, it could As do. I said but that's... a few weeks ago, when when someone, I, I think it was Dylan that asked the question, but I, I feel like we're playing finals type football at the moment, which may not be successful during the season, but come finals time, when the style of football does change dramatically, I think we'll be in the box seat and playing really good, strong football then. But you say that, but all of the tough matches we've had this year, where we've had to play finals type football, have been the ones we've lost at. But it hasn't been. Like, the West Coast game was quite free-flowing. Like, no, that, not, not that one, that but the ones again. Crows, Giants, Cats. Yeah, the yeah. three teams we've just named. All three of them. All three of them. Finals games, we, we crumbled. Maybe. Maybe. Definitely. That's not arguable, Maka. Come on. Maybe. I agree, I agree said, on West Coast. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I do agree we did crumble. Um, yeah. But I'm going to look forward and say we're going to learn from that and get them next time. Yeah, but we notoriously lose when you're positive as well, so let's face that. <laughs> well, that's that's very true. We could, yeah, we'll probably lose this week by 10 goals now, but, yeah, who knows? We'll finish 10. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Look, I, I'm going to be positive because I'm sick of yeah, the negativity, yeah, sure. especially on Big Footy at the moment. Everything is far too negative, and I, I just don't, right. I don't know. I, I just don't understand why when we're sitting fourth on the ladder. Let's take it as it is. We're in a really good spot. We're... And even if you do take the negative view, we're sitting fourth on the ladder, playing a team that no one likes, uh, playing a bunch of players in the in the side that you know maybe don't deserve to be there, and we're not playing all that well, and we're sitting fourth. So, I think it's use. I think that part of the reason to maintain the negativity is that we're worried if we if we even clap once that uh, Ken Hinkle would be signed for another three years. <laughs> That's fine. I, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm okay. not okay with that. <laughs> I'm happy to back in Ken. And, and see nah. what he does. No, nah. no. Nah. I don't. I anyway. don't think he's got the chocos. I don't think he's going to do the chocos. Exactly. He's not going to do the chocos. He's not going to get the premiership before he goes to shit. He's going to go straight to it. Oh, that's harsh. <laughs> that's harsh. Anyway, let's move on. Next, uh, next question, Papagallo. Are there any plans to start a Bigfooty X podcast that's uh, half as long but with twice as many questions? I guess. I don't know. Do you understand yeah. that question? No, not really. Have what you was seen it? The, annu- the announcement of AFLX today. I don't know anything about it. Oh, okay. The AFL have announced AFLX, which is a what was it, six or seven man aside um, AFL footy played on a soccer pitch. Oh fuck off! <laughs> <laughs> which is all about develop um, promoting the game overseas and all that sort of stuff. Which will be played. Uh, they're playing an exhibition game in in the week between the minor round and the major round. Okay. As long as we don't have to be involved with it, that's fine. As someone said, like what? Like, <laughs> what's the point of AFL nines then? None. Like, why not promote that? Like, what's the difference? Why, why, I don't, I don't why get pro- it. I don't understand. Honestly, I don't, look. And why Let's play be on a pitch it. the size of a soccer pitch? It's like two, <laughs> two kicks and it's going to be a goal. Like, I don't know. Well, this is the thing. This is the thing, right? That 
Port Adelaide are going out there and promoting actual AFL football, right? We're going over to China. We're promoting the actual game in another country. It, it seems to be going all right. So then why would you assume that every other country on earth is going to hate actual football? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. As Dylan said, um, tell her about how actual AFL players are going to be playing it. Yeah, oh, come on, really? I think uh, so. I think they're actually going to be playing it. Look, honestly, in that game, that's it's the ones like where I'm happy, I'm happy to play. I don't know. I don't know. I'm happy to play Tumpus and Need and all those guys, Brendan IT. They can all have minutes in those ones. That's fine. I don't care. That's stupid. <laughs> mm. It's oh, it's yeah. a bit silly, but uh, we'll we'll see how it develops. I don't know. Uh, us against the rest why have I lost enthusiasm with our 2017 season well, I think we just went through that we did that one what's next Portmanteau what restaurant slash takeaway is your best kept secret suburban or CBD categories Ooh. and he's also said if you want to choose Melbourne uh, stuff then go right ahead Melbourne mine would be the White Oaks Saloon on Greville Street in Paran it's they've got a really good range of whiskies. Um, they've got a nice little menu, lots of small plates, which is quite nice. And it's not—it's always just the nice level of busy. Like I've never seen it, you know, completely packed and awkward. But even when it is a bit busy, it's still really nice atmosphere. And yep. the the bartenders know what they're talking about. Like you'd say, "Oh, I don't know anything about this whiskey." They can tell you. They can actually tell you, and that's always nice. Okay. So, White Oak That's that's my that's my big tip. I like that. Um, yeah, I don't have one for Adelaide right now. I haven't okay. been there that's for a while, right. so I, I don't know if they're still around. So yeah. My, it's probably not a secret as such, but for me, in the CBD, a Malfi pizza, uh, Pizzeria on Frame Street. Yeah, they're all right. Yeah, yeah. Just incredible pizza. I love their pizza. I love their pasta even more. Uh, so it's probably not really a secret because it's usually packed out. Uh, but it is very, very awesome. In suburbia, uh, La Vida Ristorante on Grange Road, I think, is really, really nice. Nothing groundbreaking. It's just a really good sort of, you know, better than average standard Italian food. Um, mm. which you don't usually get out in suburbia. Um, I reckon that one's really, really good. And uh, the Cook's Pantry for breakfast on Jetty Street in Grange is also excellent as well. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Definitely recommend that. Cool. Yeah, there's nice stuff down that way. Yeah. Um, what about takeaway? Takeaway? Jeez, I don't know. Don't know. Pass. Pass. Okay. Yeah. There's only one Sorry. takeaway shop worth going to in Adelaide, and that's mine, so... You know, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, fair enough. Mm. All right, next question. That's it. Uh, Oz1870 has asked, uh, yeah. how many of last year's top 30-odd draft picks haven't debuted for their clubs yet, and why are three of them from Port? Oh, well, I mean, there's reasons why three of them are from Port, and that is that they are playing roles that we don't urgently need. Um, you know, we, we recruited inside bits, and that's cool. But their inside bits... That are playing well right now, yeah. So, like, Wine's performing, Ebert's performing, Boke is the captain, so he can't be dropped just yet, apparently. Um, so, you know, Atley, yeah, probably doesn't get a game immediately. Drew, he's, he's a development player more than the others, I guess, really. Um, Marshall, though, I think he probably should. Like, I did, I, I do think he could have played probably two or three games by now, really. Yeah. Yeah, look, it's it's quite possible. I think there's nine, I counted nine of the top 30 that haven't debuted yet, but we've only got one of them, which is Marshall, because uh, Atlee and Drew... Oh, there you go. Yeah, they're outside the top 30. Yeah. Um, okay. 16 of the 20 picked between 30 and 50 haven't debuted, of which we've got those two players. 
Yeah. So the, I think it's just circumstance issue. Like, obviously, Marshall's a long, longer-term prospect. Um, I know I said at the start of the year, Atlee would debut before round four. And I, I am genuinely disappointed that he hasn't debuted yet because I think he's been yeah. in, in wicked form. Um, he could have played, but uh, we, we do have an exceptionally settled midfield group as well with, with very little change, especially for his role. Um, so I can certainly understand why maybe he hasn't got a game yet and that can probably, uh, you can probably say that for Drew as well. I think that both I think that both Drew and Atlee are learning stuff at SNFL level, so I'm not too cut up about it. Um, the reason I think the Marshall should be getting a go is because I think we actually need him at AFL level, which is the best reason to need a player in in your top side. Is that I think yeah. he would fill a role in our side really well right now. So yeah, uh, Dylan yeah. has asked, "Where is it, Macca?" I think uh, relating to my fish and chip shop. Yeah, I wasn't going to say it, but I will say it. Um, <gasps> Sotos Fish Shop at Semaphore. Ooh, Come and see okay. us for some awesome fish and chips and burgers and steak sandwiches. Where, where does it rank in terms of uh, eateries in Semaphore? Uh, probably number one or number one or number two behind Licorice, which is a uh, more of a restaurant. But we're definitely okay. the best takeaway shop in, on Semaphore Road for sure. There you go. There's the big secret. There you go. Done. Come say good day. Buy some good fish work. and chips. Excellent. Done. Um... Right, Monkey Tunk Man has asked, if you could swap up to three players between Port and Melbourne, which players would you choose from each side and why? Am I trying to make both sides better? Or am I just trying to well, take I the defence for Port? Uh, I, <laughs> I don't know. Because um, I have for tracker at Port. I assume you're trying uh, to make Port better here. Yeah, or, and that, I mean, the three outs, that's too easy to pick. I'm not even going to bother. But I definitely want for tracker. Let's see who else do I want. Um, maybe, oh, I, don't know if, I don't know if we need Oliver. I mean, he'd be good. He'd be very tidy. I mean, maybe Viney and Hogan. Okay. I'm pretty happy with those three. Yeah, that'd that right. do me. Yeah. Right, let me have a look. Let me, let me see here. Well, Hogan's a no-brainer. Like, yeah, that's that's not he, hard. That's, that's if he gets his... well, he's an absolute no-brainer because he would fit in yeah. perfectly across half four there. Um, I would also go uh, Petraka, obviously, mm. um, and I would go uh, Christian Salem. Yeah, I, I, I know you read him more than I skills. do. I yeah. really like his skills, and we were still one of the worst skilled teams in the league, so he would certainly um, help with that. Yeah, no, fair enough. I mean, I'd probably... Uh, Jack Viney has got multiple reasons. Like, he's just a pretty good player, but also, you know, he's Ollie Wines' best mate, so we keep Ollie Wines for everything too. That's it. <laughs> <coughs> That's it. All good. Uh, Christoph has asked, uh, Taylor Swift or Katy Perry? Tay-Tay. Tay-Tay, definitely. I reckon that's a tough one. That's a really tough one. Uh, I don't like Katy Perry at all. Uh, I don't know. I reckon... I would still say Taylor Swift by a whisker, I reckon. I reckon California Girls by Perry and Blank Space by Swift are probably the two best pop songs this decade. Um, Taylor Swift probably by a whisker. Yeah, all right. It's a big whisker. A big whisker? Yeah. More of an ingrown hair or something? I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You had to go 
Anyway, uh, Simba, would you rather watch the AFL X Games or fight 100 Gil McLaughlin sized romping wins? Pass. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, Simba, can Porsche sing a few lines from any good Charlotte song? No. If not, why not? Because <laughs> I don't know any good Charlotte songs by name. <laughs> if they came on the if they came on the radio, and or if there was on something you said, oh, that's a good Charlotte song. I go, oh yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah. But I mean, it, they're just telling, it's just so nondescript. Whenever mm-hmm. I've heard something that's good Charlotte, then I just immediately vacated my brain. It doesn't matter. It's like a GWS um, a fan meme or something like that. Who would, who would know? They would probably exist. You'd go, recognise it, and then you would forget it immediately. I reckon they put good in their name just to sort of assume that they're actually a decent band because there's no other way that good <laughs> and good Charlotte should be in the same sentence together. The only thing they could really do to improve it is be like AAA good Charlotte so they come up first in the yellow pages as well. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Aaron Aardvark, good Charlotte. Yeah, that's it. Uh, uh, right, that's it. All done. All right, cool. All right, let's get in the wrap up then. Um, final wrap. Who's your winning side in your margin? Highest goal kicker for Port. What you got, Macca? Oh, first, I'm going to say Pommy Perry said, What about some hate breed? I love hate breed. They're my, just about my favourite band. So, yes. I've never heard of hate breed. You've never heard of hate breed? I've never heard of hate breed. Really? I've never heard of hate breed. Okay, fair enough. Oh, that's a shame. Uh, who's going to win? Uh, Port by 33 points. And I'm going to say Charlie Dixon is going to kick five goals. Okay. I understand the logic of that. I'm going to say Collingwood by 27 points. And I think that Alex Vassola is going to kick three. And that's probably going to be the highest goal scorer. But for Port, I reckon we're going to kick probably maybe two with uh, Dixon. I think it's going to be a broad spread of goal kickers for both teams. Fair enough. I'll be happy with that. I guess. Mm. Mm. Fear factor. Fear which port player should which port player should Collingwood be the most concerned about? Uh, uh, I'm going to say. I don't know. This is the, the one that I've had written down. I'm not too sure about anymore, to be honest. Mm. Um, I'm going to say Tom Jonas. Why? Because he's done the job on bigger players all year, and I can see him completely shutting out more. Who's um, started to kick some goals of late, um, and look, we shut out more. We win the game in a canter, I think. Oh, I'm not sure about that. I think I, look, I don't. I don't think play goes through him all that much. Mm-hmm. I think that he's just a target for it. So I think that if you shut him down, you're still only shutting down an option. Yeah, um, he's a big option. He's their only toll option. So you shut down the but that toll. Just, that, but that just changes how they deliver, that's all. It means yeah, they deliver not, low and in front rather than high. I don't, I don't think they're... Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll agree yeah. to disagree on that one. That's all who right, I'm going to so, go with. For me, the fourth player I think they should be worried about, I reckon it's Sam Palpepper. Okay. I really do. Because I, like I think... The reason I think that is that because... We've talked about the big three, right? And they'll go up against Wines, Ebert, um, maybe Boke. But I think the Pal Peppers maybe a little bit more outside. I think they won't match him up directly. They might put side bottom on him, but I think he could get away from side bottom. Um, I think anyone they put on him, he could get away from. I think yep. Greenwood would probably be the only real challenge, and I don't think they'll start him there. <clears throat> uh, so I'd like to I'd like to see Pal Pepper play that bit more of that outsidey role. I reckon um, it'll be Taylor Adams against Pal Pepper. 
It could be. It could be. Um, and that could show Sammy up, maybe. But I don't know. I reckon. I mean, I think we can because those three are the big three. Like, I think we can kind of dictate those matchups a bit more than they can. Yeah. So I guess we'll see. Okay. Uh, which Collingwood player should Port be most concerned about, Mecca? There's only one for me. Mm. That's Grundy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, he, I think he holds all the keys for the Pies in this game. If he can get over the top of Ryder, um, that's going to cause big issues for us, for us because they've got the midfield that can do the damage and get it up forward. Um, if Ryder gets on top, um, they've got no chance at all. That's fair. For me, I'm probably think that we should be the most worried about. No, the reason I think we should be most worried about it is because I don't think there's a lot we can do about it, and that's Scott Pendlebury. Um, so Adams and Triller, they're probably I'd probably say they were the more explosive of the three. But Pendlebury, like he doesn't have bad games really. I haven't seen one. Yeah. Um, and so the fact that no matter what you do, he's still going to get his possessions, and he's still going to have a level head, and he's still going to be pretty clean with his disposal. Like for me, that that's the biggest threat for us, because. Um, you know, even if it's a break-even, like that makes him better than a lot of our midfield attacks, really. For sure. Um, and that's how they're doing. So for me, it's definitely Pendlebury. He's just yep. he's so consistent. He um, is. You know he's going to get 28 touches minimum. And, yeah, he is. You know, six or seven clearances. So, yeah, depends what he can do with that. And who's your quiet achiever? I mean, I guess seeing as you're named Tom Jonas, you're probably saying Tom Jonas for this one as well. Um no, because I, I think people have really come around to Tom Jonas again this year, which is great. I think um, he's had a wonderful year. and uh, More and more, I think people have really come around to just how good a year that he's actually having. So uh, I think, yeah, if he plays really well, and if he does shut out someone like Darcy Moore on the weekend, or even if, you know, someone like Fasolo, I think he'll get the his uh, just desserts there. For me, again, it's only one name for this one this week. Yeah. That's Jakey Need. Because I think no matter what he does, people are going to say, nah, he should be dropped. <laughs> Even if he gets three or four goals. So, for me, it's going to be Jakey He's not going to get three or four goals, Mecca. He kicked four goals last time we played Collingwood. So, I'm I'm fully backing him in to do the same job this week. I think we're getting into wager territory here, Mecca. Are you pretty confident? Uh, no, I'm not really confident. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm happy to uh, I'm happy to state it on a non-committal basis that uh, Jake Need will kick uh, more than 2.5 goals this week. Uh, I'll take the under for sure, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, the quiet achiever. I reckon it's probably going to be. Um, I hate to say it. Probably going to be Justin Westoff. Um, yeah, I can see that as well. Yeah. Yeah, because they play fairly outside this week. We haven't Definitely. really spoken about him at all, but he could do some real damage this week because they, they don't really have, <laughs> they don't have any sort of matchup for him at all. To be honest, no, they don't. They really don't. Like, and, and that's assuming he plays well. He feels like playing, and the, the ball doesn't just avoid him all game. That sort of thing. But yeah. the reality is, if he if he decides this is a game he's got to play well, there is absolutely nothing stopping him from having you know a thirty disposal two goal game. Let's say, for example. Um, so I guess we'll see. Sure. He could be the guy, and I don't think people are really expecting it. I'm not expecting it, honestly. I, yeah. I, he could. All the signs are there that he should, but whether he will or not, I don't know. Um, and, Macca, are there any other games you're looking forward to this week? I think I probably am. Um, I think there's some really good games this week, to be honest. West Coast Melbourne should be a cracker. Um, 
will be really yeah. interesting to see what Melbourne can do away from Victoria. Exactly. Um, I think Western Bulldogs, North Melbourne, should be pretty interesting uh, to mm. see whether North Melbourne can continue the, the Bulldogs' woes a little bit. Um, and uh, Geelong and Frio, because Frio, I think, I'm looking this up, well, I'm, I'm trying to think back, but I reckon Frio usually play um, Cadinia Park pretty well. Yeah, yeah, that's probably, that sounds right. I don't know if it is right, but it sounds right, so I'm going to go along with it without I looking. I don't want a, 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 <laughs> a qualifying final or something there a couple of years ago. Maybe yeah. I'm just basing it off that, but I don't know. Could be. A Richmond and Carlton, come on, Carlton, do the job again. <laughs> Continue. I, I want to see Carlton win by three points. After Richmond's thirty points up again, you're a hateful man. I am. I have a lot of hate inside <laughs> me. Yeah. Um, I'm interested in St Kilda Gold Coast because I just cannot get a handle on where St Kilda are at. Realistically, they're just so up and down for me. Yeah. Um, and I reckon this could even be a game where Gold Coast could, you know, jagger in in Melbourne, which is bizarre. Yeah. Um, mm. Well, it could be. Yeah, I, I don't think Gold Coast are as bad. Uh, this year is what I thought they were, and St Kilda are so up and down. You just never know oh, what who's, who's going to turn up. So, yeah, yeah, good games yeah. this week. Yeah, it's a good round. Yeah. All right. Well, look, I reckon we're done. Uh, just had a quick look at the speaker chat, and I can see that uh, Dylan's having an argument about uh, Rage Against the Machine, Good Charlotte, uh, and uh, Bomber Clifford City listens to, to Dylan listens to proto rap metal pop, funk pop, which I don't know if that exists. Um, it does now. Yeah, and yeah, hate breed. Apparently, hate breed sucks. So there you go. It's that's, a good thing I don't know about it. Disappointing him. that Dylan says that. Very disappointing. <laughs> Such a shame. Ah, oh, dear. All right, and also other important news that if you're going to order Soto's fish and chips and semaphore, they do take out credit cards. They do have FBOS. So there we you do. go. Yes, we do. Mm, very important. Yeah. And a quick question from Craig Jones: Do you think we should take Jack Trengove? Probably not. Well, that's the part rumour that's going around, isn't it? That we're half keen on Jack Trango, but I, I can't see how that could be a good thing <laughs> at all. No, to be honest. no. I, could, I don't know. I think, that, I think they're either in the market for plug-and-play or draft picks, realistically. I'm all for not taking very, very injured rejects from Melbourne anymore, to be honest. <laughs> well, I mean, I'd even be okay with it if we could clear the clog of guys that we've already got that, you know, should be senior players, but they're playing SNFL football. You know, it'd be really great if we could clear that out already. So adding another potential one to that does not really excite, to be honest. Look, 20-year-old Jack Trengove, great. Bring it on. Sure, uh, sure. Jack Trengove, who is pretty much the poster boy for the negative of what J- Jared Polek could have been a couple of years ago. Yeah. yeah. I'm happy to give that a big pass. Yeah, for sure. That was easy. All right, yeah. let's wrap it. Real good. good stuff. Fantastic. So thank you for people listening in live on Spreaker Chat. We did have that little brief interruption, which Macca will edit around and make it look like I talk about Melbourne all the time. <laughs> um, I see the bummer Clifford on the Spreaker Chat. He said, Soto's news is made up for tonight's selection. Well, so hooray. We yes. end on a happy note. Woo. Uh, thank you, everyone. And can the power. Can the pair. Can, Ports. The heat's on in the kitchen. Oh, look at this. Quite simple. Good attack from Dalla Patti Carlo. He left his...